Jack really doesn't like beer these days, dude. I like beer. Give me a couple of Miller Lights, you know. I'll have yeah. a couple of those and get the grill going. And welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. You're just a lying old dirty birdie, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else whose thinking is a little muddy sometimes. It's Mark. Hey, guys. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week, we watched 1990s uh, Misery, based on Stephen King novel of the same name. That was a Jack pick. I picked that one. Um, and we will dive into that real soon. When we do, we're going to spoil it, so fair warning on that one. Uh, but first, we'd better do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Jake, you're going to go first. I'm throwing you under the bus. What did you pick this week? Uh, I had you pick the beer. Yep, you so didn't pick anything. That's you... fine. I, I brought a beer for us to share, and after you share what you picked, I might just go ahead and add mine, and I'll probably do a better job than you. So Yeah, go ahead. I'm not going to do a good job. Uh, I picked uh, Bubble Stash IPA the by the fuck? Hot Valley Brewing Company. Um. Jesus. He stashes his painkillers for a while, and uh, and a knife. You know, stashes the knife. Stashes the knife. Stashes the painkillers. She's stashing a sledgehammer somewhere. He a lot does of stashing. not. She stashes him in the basement. She stashes him in the. A lot of stashing in this thing. You got to keep up. Ironically, uh, no mustaches though. <laughs> no, no mustache McGillicuddy in this one. Wait, bubble. That... Uh, I'm having a harder time. She lives in, in a bubble. She keeps she, him in a bubble. She, he, she's put him in a bubble. We got there, boys. That was so. It's perfect. Bad. That was pretty bad. Um, but also, I've never had the bubble stash IPA before. I wanted to try it. It's pretty good. Yeah, Hot <laughs> Valley. Shout out Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's fine. I won't. I won't try. I, I brought a beer. We're drinking it too. What what beer? You, I mean, oh, I, I I brought ripe and, ripe and juicy double IPA by Silver City Brewery. Uh, the only way I could have pigeonholed this in because this was not a beer for fear. Now it is. Is just that man. This guy writes some ripe and juicy stories. That misery. Yeah. What a fox. What <laughs> a fox. Mark, what are your beers for these fears? Real doll face that one. So in order to make up for last week's performance of Pinner, um, I I got three this week. Oh okay. shit. Yeah, so I'm also, I guess, making up for a bubble stash. So you um, are going to be in misery tomorrow. Yes. Do you get it? Yes. Get yeah, it? I got there. It took me a do second. Do you get it? I do. I do now. I'm glad you get First it. First off, Rooster's Brewery Elevation IPA. Uh, this yep, is obviously at Elevation, and he's in hell, so Elevation. Where, where is Rooster's? It's in Ogden, Utah. Oh. Uh, um, okay. Next up, next up. This was this is really more a genre of beer than the actual name of the beer. But I'm drinking a Trappist Roquefort, uh, just because he's trapped. Trappists trapping. See, do you get it? Sure. I'm drinking that one mostly because it was in my fridge and I wanted to drink it. It's a 12 percent beer. So, whew. Um, and lastly, Seclusion IPA by New Planet. Um, that one's pretty self-explanatory, but it also has I a cabin so. in the middle of the woods on it. Great. It so. sure does. Yeah, that's actually that looks a lot like a yeah. cabin in this one. And where is where is Lost Planet? New Planet? New Planet? Uh that is a great question. I have no clue. Good job. The listener is going to be hanging. <laughs> Can't Maybe if they sponsored us, we beers. would know. Send us beers New Planet. Yeah, I got your name right. Maybe the if they turn on their fucking brewery. Can. Yeah. 
Oh, Denver. It's Denver, Colorado. You should have known that. Christ. Fuck you guys. No, I shouldn't have, dude. Denver's Denver opened roughly 500 breweries since I left. So many breweries. Well, Denver. But drinking beer. <laughs> this is the deepest beer conversation we've ever had. Drinking beer isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last almost a week. Well. Maybe, right? I, dude. Um, we've also maybe done some other stuff in the horror world. So, Jake, what else has been rocking your horror world apart from misery and beer? Well, it's been a while since we've been able to talk about things we've been watching ambiently. We mentioned that we had gone to Hereditary, Jack. Yes, we did. We but went we, to see it in the theaters. The theatres. Uh, we weren't able to talk about it last week. This is not the spoiler section. We're not going to spoil anything about Hereditary, and it wouldn't. It shouldn't come as a surprise or a spoiler for us to say we, we both really liked it. Yep. It is both, a, a hard recommend from both Hard ones. recommend, good movie, go watch it. It's not like, oh, I mean, honestly, the compare when people make comparisons to The Exorcist, which is just what you do in this genre, it's like making a comparison to Michael Jordan. Like, that's just how things go. Right. You just don't don't listen to that and just go and see a movie and see if it's good. See right. if it is a good horror movie that has good scares. See if it's well made. This is all of those things. I will say that I think the hype is well-deserved on this one. I'm going to have to sure. rewatch this one. I think I liked it a decent amount more than you. Because I think this has um, the potential to be one of the all-time greats. I mean, that's a very strong take. I do think that it was good, and the further away I get from it, the more I want to see it again, because I think there's a lot in there to unpack. And it's also an extraordinarily well-filmed movie. Yep. From a technical standpoint, it's it's a great achievement. So uh, that one, in all seriousness, if you haven't seen you you've seen it, listener. You've already seen it. This doesn't matter. <laughs> go, go see it if you haven't, though. Yeah, I haven't. And I, still haven't I wish we it. could talk more about it, but I really don't want to spoil it. Cause... Legitimate movie of the year can candidate. Oh, yeah. I mean, candidate. If not more, yeah. And, I mean, spoilers are real on this one. Don't, don't fucking spoil it for oh, yourself. Yeah. Go see it. it. Yep. It's, it's the real deal. Yep, for sure. So, uh, so that's one. If, yeah, questions. If The Exorcist the is Michael Jordan, what basketball yeah. player is hereditary? LeBron James. Wow. Uh, I don't know many basketball players. It's playing in a different... Kevin Garnett, does he still play? No, I I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to say LeBron James, because LeBron James is... Again, this is where Jack might have liked it more than me. I mean, LeBron James is having a Michael Jordan-esque career. He is playing in a different time against different... Really, the, the landscape has completely changed, so I guess that is apt, but I don't know. <laughs> it's hard for me to say. I don't know if I'd put it up there in the. I've seen it once in the theaters. I don't know if I'd put it in the pantheon of the all-time greats yet. I can't, I'm not willing to go that far until I can watch it and see if it holds up or gets better on repeated viewings. Okay, but so might be my like question. Kobe. Does, does Kevin Kobe Garnett is, still play for the Minnesota Timberwolves? No, Kevin Garnett is retired. Okay. Is it Ray Allen? Oh my God, no. <laughs> Mike Trout. It could, Mellow. It's Mike Trout. Different sport. <laughs> <laughs> His war is fucking out of this world. Uh, go okay. Go see Hereditary, and yeah. uh, you know, go watch the Timberwolves in the mid nineties. Yeah, go, go see Hereditary and tell us what athlete it reminds you of. Yeah, do it. <laughs> what basketball? Tweet player. at us with athlete. Which member of the dream team? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake. What else I'm going to continue. Yep. Uh, I've seen two others that I, I want to talk about here. Mark and I might tag team one of them. Uh, yep. The first I want to talk about is Daybreakers. I I put this one on a little while ago, just kind of on a whim. This thing is it has Ethan Hawke, it has Sam Neill, it has I was fucking say, Willem Dafoe. Isn't that Defoe. one super old? It's I don't know what year it is. I'd have to look that up, but it's it's relatively recent. Two thousand nine. Yeah, that yeah. seems about right. Ten years old. Uh, this is a movie. It's like post vampire apocalypse, huh. and the world has kind of fallen into pretty much everybody's a vampire, and they're like running out of human blood the world resources. World is a vampire. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very smashing pumpkins. Nailed it. 
uh, they're running out of human blood resources. So humans are like an endangered species. It's a really interesting concept. I wasn't, I didn't really know what to expect other than that I knew it was a vampire movie. Sure. Uh, it's unique. I haven't seen anything quite like it. Uh, I, I think I would recommend this one. It felt a little long and it wasn't all that exciting. There was some interesting like character drama in there uh, that took up too much screen time, frankly. Okay. But it was it had a pretty cool style and I, I did like the take that it took on the vampire sub genre. Okay. So whatever. Soft recommend, I would say, with that one. The the acting is good. You have a lot of well known people involved, so you know. Yeah. Go ahead and see it if you haven't. It's that one's available weirdly under places. the radar for the cast. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the, th- the third one, this one just came out at the end of last week as we record this, so I don't know when this episode's even coming out, but it's out now, finally, after a really long period of not being out. Is it out? I don't know. Getting pushed back. Uh, Morehead and Benson's new movie that they wrote, directed, and starred in, The Endless. Fuck yeah, I want to see this. Um, Your most anticipated it. movie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say that it held up in that regard. This is a Moorhead Benson movie through and through. Uh, it had, it's funny, it had, you start to look for the hallmarks of theirs, which some of those are like the long follow shots where the camera just sort of like tilts. Before you move on too far, Jake, tilts. for the uninitiated listener, name some other Moorhead and Benson. Yeah, the they other did. Two. They originally did Resolution. Uh, that was a very under the radar sort of movie, but it's gotten attention more recently. And then they did one that I really enjoyed, and we reviewed on the podcast called Spring. Yeah, highly that, recommend that, movie that one. Rules. I highly recommend this one too. I think it's interesting. Mark, I know saw it as well. Mm-hmm. I had seen Resolution. Mark had not, and I, we're not spoiling this, but let's just say it's canon. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, again, like you just said, haven't seen Resolution, but I texted you middle of the movie saying that I think I need to see it now because I realized, I think, just from your description that it was now something that I needed to see in order to fully understand this one. It's set in the Resolution verse. It is. Yeah, it is canon. And that's not a spoiler. Uh, I don't think it will matter which way you go about that. If you want to watch Resolution and then watch this, cool. If you watch this and then go back and watch Resolution, that's cool, too. Awesome. It's not going to matter. Uh, It's a well-made movie. It's what you would expect in that regard. I think from a technical standpoint, it it checks all those boxes. It's pretty damn indie. And I really want to avoid talking about much of what happens here, so I'll just feed you the premise again. You have these two brothers played by the writer-directors. And they were in a quote-unquote UFO death cult that they escaped from, having a hard time kind of getting their life going. One of them wants to go back and just check it out because they're still there. They had a (laughs) lot of friends there on the farm. Uh, So they go back for a night, and they end up staying longer than a night. And horror ensues? Question mark? Yeah. Question mark, mark This one one you got sent to you by Netflix in the mail, uh, but it is available to rent on Amazon. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, And... uh, I, I think the one other thing I will say is that this gets a little bit like artsy fartsy, but one of the things that you hear thrown around a lot with these guys is that they're kind of subverting the whole horror genre. They're not making like a standard horror movie. That is absolutely true in okay. this case. It's Correct. not like your standard horror fare. But if you're a fan of the genre, it's not a bad entry place to see something that these guys do. Hmm. And you will, I think you will still like it. Okay. I'll say this. Um, whether or not you classify it as a traditional horror movie aside, this is an incredibly well-made movie. It's extremely yes. well-acted. Well, maybe not extremely well. It is well-acted. The, the guy I, who is not Moorhead or Benson, the, I guess the tertiary lead, the, the, um, yeah. does a yeah. really great job. 
Yeah, I don't um, think it's a, I, that's a spoiler either. He's like the leader, quote unquote. Yeah, the cult leader guy. <laughs> of the cult. I, named, I nicknamed yeah. him Culty McFlannel because he walks around in flannel shirts all the time. Yeah, and I'm very good nice at nicknaming. Guy. Oh, also, this cult <laughs> makes beer. So that's the other part export. I wanted to mention. A beer suicide cult. I don't even yeah. care if it's a suicide cult at they that point. They brew beer, and it's delicious. Yeah. Yep. But this I uh, this is a tremendous movie. Wherever you fit this into the horror genre, whatever, it's a tremendous movie. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. Yep. I'm going to check this one out. I Also, I think an early... It's, we're halfway through the year at this point. It's also a candidate for me. Wow. It didn't disappoint me, and it was my most anticipated of the year. So Awesome. Very nice. Uh, is that all you got? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I did. I watched Hereditary with you, so I won't talk about that one again. I would hope it, not. It remains great. The other movie that I <laughs> Actually, watched... Actually, it sucks now. I hate <laughs> now, it. Now I think it's bad. Uh, the other movie... <laughs> the other movie I watched uh, was one I lost a bet to. Mark, I think this was a bet I lost to you, but I've lost a number of You have a lot point. on that list, buddy. Yeah, this is a long list. I watched The Hatred. Oh, that was not me. Um, that, was, yeah. that, was, that, was my, that was my bet. Okay. That was a uh, number one for you for whatever from whatever month. It was, I think, September of 2017. That it was the month right. that It came out. We were all trying yeah, not September. to pick It. Yeah, September. Yeah, September. Yep. Um, and by the way, It is now available on HBO, so go check that there you the go. fuck out if you haven't yet. It's check great. it out again. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but... The hatred is not great. Shocked. <laughs> uh, not there top are one some worthy. Really cool scenes in the movie. Like I can't, I can't say it's an unwatchable movie because there are some cool scenes. It's very strange. It starts with like a twenty-minute-long flashback, which is by far the best part of the movie, as to why this house is cursed or whatever. And then it's just like, and now here are four sexy ladies going to stay here for the weekend and a young girl that they're babysitting because reasons. Um, and so it's just kind of them, you know, getting haunted as uh, sexy ladies in sleepwear. So do. this is a ghost house movie. It's kind of a ghost house movie. Okay. It's a lot of, it's a kind of a lot of different kinds of movie. Now you'll recall from the trailer, <laughs> it had an awesome scene in the trailer where she, the, the main girl is talking to the little girl, like above a bed. And then the, the, you know, she kind of hears something below the bed and she goes oh, down to look one. under yeah, the yeah. bed and it's the same little girl. And she says, that's not me. Yeah. I remember that actually. Yeah. And okay. Fuck that trailer because that was far and away the coolest scene in the movie. And uh, that's it's not, totally that's rude. not at all surprising. And um, I, I hate that, but that's not surprising. I, I don't think it's spoilery to say this movie has supernatural elements. Uh, they look terrible. Oh, good. Um, they look really, really bad. There are a thousand subplots that are started and just never finished. They're just like mentioned and then never brought up. Nice. Uh, the, ma- the main characters like dying relatives from cancer. They like flash back or cut away to them in a bed being cared for for 10 minutes for some fucking reason. Doesn't Don't come twist, up ever Jack. again. A lot of red herrings in this one. It's, 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 uh, look, it's not unwatchable. It's a tight 90. It's not good. Not good, not bad? It's, it, black it's or, bad. Black or, I'd, I'd put it in the bad. Okay, so black or white, not a recommend. No. Okay. No, can't say I'd recommend okay. it. But if you're looking for a really stupid movie to throw on and, you know, maybe you want well, to uh, point your male gaze towards these uh, Now you're suggesting this women. may be a summer movie. I don't. I mean, it might be, yeah. I don't know. Stupid and male gaze towards women. Yeah. Which sounds summery to me. Real dumb. It's real dumb. Hmm. It's real dumb. Hmm. Uh, it's the the tone of the first twenty minutes is also the flashback is way different than the rest of the movie, so that's weird. That. Um, but that's what I watched. Can't recommend it. Where'd you watch? Probably it? don't watch it. I rented it on Amazon. I think might be on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> I think it. it's on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. God. That sounds right. Um, how do you not? Did you even watch this movie? Yes. <laughs> I read the synopsis it. on Wikipedia. Exactly. And formulated some opinions. <laughs> I, looked, I looked at a couple pictures. 
No, I watched it. I, this one I actually committed to too. Jake's looking at the the new my new kind of setup for my office here, and I uh, sat down on the couch, turned off all the lights, closed the door, and watched this thing in the dark because That's I remember writing like it. this looks like a good bump in the night movie that'll scare you if you watch it alone in the dark. I was wrong. Well, I was wrong about that. It oh, didn't scare me. Too bad. Mm. Too bad. Yeah. That's all I got, Mark. Okay. Um, I watched a movie called The Endless. Um, No, we already talked about that one. The only note that I had that I wanted to bring up is it's weird seeing previews for movies because we're so used to watching, like, um, you know, just the VOD stuff where just you hit play and it starts. And I just wanted to say that this movie had uh, three previews before it, one of which was an actual horror movie called The Mimic. The other two were the new Tony Jaw movie and the new nice. Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Love it. Perfect. <laughs> they have me buttoned, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you're the target demo. <laughs> I'll watch any Tony Jaw movie. That is the most befuddling intro no. to this movie that I think I could have possibly come up with. <laughs> well, Jean-Claude Van Damme happy? has no business being anywhere adjacent to The Endless. <laughs> True. Although I, I suppose he has mastered his craft, so I guess that's true. Maybe that's I it. I guess that is true. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is actually part of the Jean-Claude Van Damme-averse. Ooh. Now that's oh, think about shit. It. The upcoming Moorhead and Benson versus JCVD movie. Dude, that's what they're going to do for sure. Yep. Did you watch anything else, Mark? I did. I watched Houses October Built 2, my number one from, I think, October. Oh. It might have been September. I can't remember. I think it came out in October. Uh, maybe not. I think it was that. Wow. The, yeah. Yeah. This is what the, this is what this the listening public demands. <laughs> uh, well, I need to know, Mark. <laughs> it's basically. I mean, this is a pretty solid extension of the first one. There's not really a whole lot new here. There is a. Uh-huh. For those of you curious, there is a Kobayashi cameo. Love it. Ooh. Yeah. Like so the they hot dog eater. For it. Yeah, hot dog eater. Wow. Is there a Joey um, Chestnut cameo? There is not. That guy broke records, man. He's breaking them. He's breaking his own records. He's a fucking American hero. Have you guys ever listened to the like a compilation of the the guy who created the hot dog eating competition, or I guess popularized it, announcing Nathan Joey Chestnut? Nathan, Nathan. Cre- no, Nathan. I'm sure Nathan created it. Well, oh, but the, then the guy who made it like a national thing. Nathan. No. Nathan did everything. I strongly recommend, and Mark, you're editing this week, so I'm going to ask you to splice in a some of the compilation because he's a fucking poet talking about Joey Chestnut. Okay, we will see if I do. When all the world's languages are poured into a single bowl, the word recognizable to all will be freedom. The force that binds our atoms together, the legacy we leave our children. And he will fight at any cost for its cause. Until his spine collapses under the burden. Until his bones are cracked and splintered and scraped like chalk on pavement. Joey Chestnut's a great eater, man. Hot dogs aren't even his, like, coup de gras or whatever. Almost certainly not the right term. Uh, yeah, I think it's his coup de gras. <laughs> it's not his coup de gras. What is his coup de gras? Coup de gras. No, it's like, it's like, interestingly. No, it's like it's buttered gras? buns or some it's shit. It's foie gras and uh, charcuterie are his coup de gras. It's not foie gras. It's like buttered buns. I don't know. It's something weird. <laughs> Hot Maybe it's pot stickers. I don't know. It's something weird. Oh, my God. That sounds like so much some, fucking salt. Some bready thing. I, the, the types of foods that they choose to make into eating contests are baffling to me 
If you're just tuning in, this is A to Z Horror Reviews Food Eating Competitions cast. Hey, man. Eater X is a world champion at some of these things. All of these eaters are champions at certain really specific weird things. You remember like, when everybody got oh, really mad at know, Eater X because he said Hermione dies? Uh, Eater X is a champion, too. You know what one of those things is? One of the big ones Quadra? is matzo ball eating contests. Like, that's really? a big one. Yeah. Ma- the, the, like, the world champion matzo ball, I think... I don't think that's an Eater X. I don't know who did that one. Anyway, it's it's tremendous. I need, it needs to be ESPNified. Let's do it. Get the job done. Fucking do it. You're losing subscribers. It'll be a way to save your network. Go. Houses October Mark, Built. Do you have anything else to say? Houses October Built <laughs> Two is on Hulu. Um, so if you are at all interested in seeing it, it's very much in the same vein as the first one. Um, it's you know whatever. If you have Hulu, it's free. I don't know if I would recommend it as heavily as I would the first one, though. It does kind of lose a lot of focus, and the resolution of this one is nonsense. Utter nonsense. Yeah, I remember having those concerns during the trailer. Well, and then you also have to, I mean, obviously they solve for the first one ends, and then I believe this one just kind of picks up right where the first one left off quite literally. Yeah, and I mean... So they solve for that, but then they leave it in unsatisfactory. I feel like it'd be hard to figure out where to leave it, considering the way you left the first one, and then you came back with another they end in they end in decidedly different places. That's that. a good thing. You can't do that twice. Yeah, they just end up getting buried. <laughs> that would be bold if they ended in the exact same places. Like I can't wait for the exact same start to Houses October Build Three. <laughs> um, they just keep it going. Yeah, that would actually be awesome. That would be they all end in the exact same way. Yeah, it's actually just a recurring series where you document like the nation's coolest haunted houses, and then you throw in like a crappy narrative at the very end. Yeah, yep. maybe they're just in a certain universe. I don't know. Um, the Chuck Clyde Van Denver, so we established this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of these, yeah, Houses October Bill 3 is just going to end with John Clyde Van Damme guarding in and kicking everybody, doing the split kicks between everybody. Oh, what a hero. Yep. Really is. I have one last thing to talk about, which is Scream Queens, also on Hulu. Uh, Emma Roberts, is that her deal? Emma Roberts, Abigail Breslin, um, John Stamos is in the second season. Um, oh, shit. What's the Kristen... What, Taylor Lautner, is that his name? The kid from Twilight? He's in the second season. I don't fucking care. Um, and <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis also. No, no, wait. He's, he's not Edward. Is he Edward? No. Nah. Is Edward in Twilight? He's the, I don't know, he's the werewolf one. Jacob. He's Jacob from Twilight. There you go. I did not watch Twilight. Oh. I watched Scream Queens. Season one of Scream Queens is the best horror television I've ever seen. It's amazing. Wow. It's What? Dude, I, it's so fucking say, good. What? I've seen about the first half of the first season, and it is great. It is very it good. It is the best. so good. The best horror television. I mean, there's not a lot of horror Why? television out there. Uh, because, it. I mean, Bullshit. it's really funny. It's well acted. It's put together. The music is licensed and on point. It's very on brand for what they're trying to do. Um, what are they, they trying to do? They build this as an anthology series, which I don't really understand. Each episode kind of has its own riff, but it's not an anthology series. It's like one contiguous narrative. Oh, can I butt in for a second? Yeah. Because this is the I only place like to do it. Do you, to. do you know what other horror television series they're turning it, they're saying is an anthology now? Oh, fuck. This is not new news. The Terror. Yeah, It's going to have that. a season two, really and strange. it's going to be set in feudal Japan. <laughs> Okay. I don't understand. I'm on board. I, I well, I don't understand because the terror is the terror because the name of the ship is the terror, and now it's like, oh, there's going to be a terror season two in feudal Japan. What's named the terror in Japan? I don't know. They need to explain that part. There needs to be a logical connection and not just something that is terrifying. I was trying to make a joke, but I couldn't think of what any buildings are called in feudal Japan. It probably would have come off in an 
regrettable way. I mean, well, a that's pagoda. There will be a pagoda called the Terror. Oh, Jesus. Oh, anyway, Christ. continue. That I just had to say that. Okay. Season one of Scream Queens is amazing. You should go watch it. It's hilarious. It has very good moments. And um, my wife... It was the same thing with Scream, right? She walked in, she My watched wife. one scene, and all of a sudden she decided to watch the entire series of Scream. Yeah. This one, she walked in into one uh, ballet of violence between frat boys and the serial killers, uh, set to a Backstreet Boys song, watched about, f- I don't know, 10 seconds of it, and then two days later, she had rocketed past me and watched like 15 episodes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, incredibly bingeable. It's an hour-long thing. The first episode is itself a 90-minute-long episode, so there's plenty of content here. But uh, the this unfortunate... This is Hulu? This is, yeah, this is Hulu. The unfortunate yeah. thing, season two is good, but it's just good. It's not. It doesn't hold up as well from season to season. If, you, if you're into it, I mean, you know, get into three episodes into the second season, see if you like it. But, um, you know, my wife, who watched all of the first season in, like, three days, has stopped watching the second season halfway through, so... Ooh. Yeah. All right. It's tenuous recommend on the second one. Hard recommend on the first season. Go okay. watch it. It's on Hulu. It's amazing. Okay. I love Emma Roberts. <laughs> All right. What else you got, Mark? You know, uh, I got a few other things. I, one last. Oh, actually, two last little bits of information. First off, by the time you hear this, I think it might be the week after this. Ratter is going to be on Shutter. We all watch Ratter. Um, yep. And we should review Ratter. That movie's great. We should. Well, now it's going to be on Shutter. And we could, if we wanted to, instead of having to go out and find the weird DVD that costs like seventeen dollars. <laughs> well, we've already done that. <laughs> yeah, we all own it. That's true. Uh, anyways, if you have not already taken the plunge, go see Ratter on Shutter. It's uh, one of the best worth it. found footage movies. Go in blind. It's really cool. Yeah, don't Google it. Just watch it. Yep. And lastly, uh, a few months ago, I talked about a book that I was reading called North American Lake Monsters. That was itself a collection of short stories. Um, Did I, Charlie make it? I have no idea who Charlie is. Fuck. What are you kidding? fuck are you talking about? Are you talking about Sonny somehow? No. Charlie. Like like Charlie? Like Flowers for Algernon Charlie? Yeah, exactly. Why is that, that the Charlie that you one. go to? Flowers for Algernon Charlie. That's yep. what he was talking Didn't about. Didn't make it? Charlie Damn. my cat? Continue. This is There's un- a lake monster is... named Charlie, Mark. Oh, in it's an it's Idaho's lake monster. Oh, I'm unaware of you, this Idaho, and they had a they had a drink at Tree Fort this year. I, I'm over it. This is this is astonishing. So, uh, <laughs> so Idaho. So you first are. off, there's only one story called North American Lake Monsters. Um, and anyways, I guess the reason I I did I was just gonna touch on this was because the book was bad and I couldn't finish it. <laughs> I read three stories. They were all incredibly stupid, and I put it down, which is weird because it was oh, on everyone's was like, you should read this book for horror, but nope. Uh, Mark, I'll reiterate, if you're looking for another book of short stories, and I think this one is very good, Strange Weather by Joe Hill. Check it out. Yeah, I might just steal it from me next time I'm in Boise. It sounds good. Mm. He's uh, Stephen King's boy. His boy? Yeah, Stephen like, King's bo- young young son. Oh, literally his son. son. Yeah, That's my boy. Yeah, Stephen King's boy. Oh, okay. Now, uh, does anybody have anything else to say about the Dream Team? Carl Malone, thoughts? Or uh, should we go to the feature presentation? The mailman's one of the greatest players of all time. It's true. Feature presentation. Stockton to Malone, baby. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 1990s. Yeah, you keep God. fiddling with it. Well, the book came out the year before. It's, it's confusing. That's a quick turnaround, buddy. It's a Stephen King thing, man. They just uh, do it. What a nutsack. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, we watched Misery. Yeah, yeah Misery. <laughs> this isn't a radio show, though. I don't need to repeat it. You already know that. Um, yeah, it's in the title. Yeah, I Jesus. picked this movie. Um, and full disclosure, the reason I picked it was because the Idaho Shakespeare Festival is doing a production of Misery. I was hoping we'd have the chance to see it. We have not had the chance to see it yet, so I kind of just picked it then. I How guess. was my job, Jack? Uh, bad. Okay. It's not bad. It was legitimately bad. Oh, my God. It, it was a high school production of Macbeth. It's not high school. You fucking... They, was, have, they, they not have anyone good this year? Is that it, the problem? It's bad. Um, it's it's, off it's just a shit. rote recitation of the words of Macbeth. It was just, oh, oh, my God. It was, it was boring. I, anyway, I picked Misery, uh, the 1990 film, and... Uh, I think I should do a feat of, what do I do here? A 30 second plot synopsis. Good lord. How do you not Thank know? You. There's been almost 100 <laughs> of know. these. Jake, full disclosure, listener, you can probably tell we have better mics this week. We've they got probably can't setup. tell at all. Ah, They're like, what are these to. jokers talking about? These sound like dick either way. <laughs> but Potentially I worse I'm mics. I'm having trouble adjusting to the new surroundings. It's throwing me off You're my having game. Trouble I'm also with a little hungover. I'm having a lot of problems. How about you just do the 30 second plot synopsis? Okay. It's going to start when you start, dude. James Kahn plays Paul, an author of, uh, what, romance novels starring a character named Misery Chastain. Uh, he's driving through the Sexy. probably Maine uh, woods. It's Colorado. And, uh, Colorado woods. And he gets in a car accident. He's ostensibly rescued by Kathy Bates, but he's not really rescued by Kathy Bates. Uh, she brings him back to her cabin and starts to nurse him back to health. And then when she learns that in his most recent book he's going to kill Misery, she starts to freak out on him. She becomes really controlling. She breaks his ankles and ultimately he escapes by hitting her in the head with a typewriter. Well, then like a metal thing. I mean, technically he hits her and he hits a mannequin in the head with a typewriter. Technically, okay, a yes. lot of things happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Un-fucking-believable one of Kathy Bates' characters, many mannequins. <laughs> he really, he really beats her up. He Beamed that beats, mannequin real hard. He beats the shit out of her. <laughs> well, that's fair. She did, like, club his ankle with a sledgehammer. It's called uh, hobbling. I mean, she hobbled him. Yeah, it's a really normal thing to do to someone. He's is a, it called hobbling? Yeah, it's yes, called it hobbling. That's what, well, that's what she says. And I, I think it's actual technically, thing. at this it's point, a, he can be considered a hobgoblin. Wow. Hobble, hobble gobble? Boo. <laughs> Jeez, a hobble gobble. It's a perfect joke, Mark. Good structure, perfect joke. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, in you, the book, she suck. cuts his foot off with a with an axe. Yeah, but they thought it would be too gory, so they didn't. And instead, well, they made one dumb. of the most like well, with, you know, iconic scenes. Yeah, one of the most iconic horror scenes of all time. Yeah. It would have been a lot less distressing <laughs> if she had just cut that fucking foot off. Oh, for sure. It's there is way more tension involved. Yeah. Okay. Give We're me. gonna get into the movie, yeah, okay. and we'll talk about it. Okay. Let's okay. talk about our histories with it first. Jack, you picked it, so why don't you go ahead and get us started? I've seen it I, once before. Okay. Uh, I wasn't, I've never like sat down and paid attention to it. I think I saw it huh. on TV. Um, like when I was, I don't know. Yeah. 15, maybe yeah. 14. I don't know. Um, and I haven't seen it since. Okay. I didn't, so this I was a relatively, it. I don't remember disliking yeah, it. Yeah. It's a relatively fresh viewing then. Right. Um, I yeah. remember, I remember a couple of things. I remember the ankle. I remember, do you, all of you have amnesia? I remember those things, you know, what everybody remembers about the movie. Yeah. I mean, there are a few things that stand out for sure. So I'd seen it. I'd I'd sat down and watched this movie. I would say cover to cover, paid attention once, and it was quite a while ago. But before, like before that, and then also after, I've seen bits and pieces as it's on TV and things. Okay. So like, it's definitely something that I feel like I've watched a bunch, but I haven't. So I would say this is a second full time viewing, but it's been part of you know 
the zeitgeist, I suppose, for quite a while. Yeah, so. and it's a very well-known Stephen King book also. Like, yeah. yeah. I have I, read the book. Yeah. Um, I'll be that asshole again. Yeah, uh, you yeah, always every are. freaking week. <laughs> you always are. Mark, how about you? Uh, I had never seen it. Uh, I mean, it's one of those movies that you... At all? Well, it's one of those movies that you've... You've seen the scene. You've kind of... Yeah, I've seen the hobbling scene. And it's one of those movies that you kind of have seen just through osmosis, through, like, general pop culture, I would say. So, and I've seen, like, little bits and pieces on TV from, you know, here and there, obviously. But I've never put together the whole thing, sat sat down, watched it cover to cover. And I didn't know that it was... I didn't know Kathy Bates won Best Actress for it. Yeah. yeah, man. Fuck I didn't really yeah. know yeah, it's much one of the, of the rare cases history of the movie. Where, yeah. 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 I wonder what all came out in the 90 in 19 in the 90s in 1990. Uh, what she what, who she was competing with? Yeah, uh, the other movie were bleh. What? Wow. Nominal aphasia. I, fantasy I, I, point. I just nominal aphasia. Oh, yeah, fantasy point. Hello. <laughs> that was last year, you dick. <laughs> Fuck off. Um nominal I, aphasia. I know Julia Roberts was in it for um Pretty Woman. And I want to say it was. Oh, not in this movie. I was like, what? What movie yeah. was, was you I didn't watching? See Julia right Roberts? <laughs> Sheriff's wife, buddy. And one Sheriff of the other Buster? ones was uh, like Helen Mirren or something like that in some movie that I didn't recognize. I don't know. So she was up against some scrubs, is what we're saying. Julia Roberts would have been for Aaron Brockovich in 1990, right? Nope. Pretty Woman. Oh, you, did you say that? He did. God damn it. Are you listening? Do you want to bet? Did you watch yes. the movie? Are you listening? <laughs> yeah, I do want to bet. Bet. What year did Aaron Brockovich come out? Not 1990, probably like 1995, <laughs> six. You're off no, by half wow. a decade. Wow, yikes. Okay. Uh, no way, dude. I got confused by the gerbils up Richard Gere's asshole. Um, anyway. So did Richard wow. Gere. What in the fuck subgenres of horror does this movie fit into? Psychological. Allegedly up his asshole. See, a psychological. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Uh, is there like a... like kind a it. Like a, a capture, like a tor- torture capture... We have napping. torture, and we I don't think we've ever used it. I don't think this is a torture movie. No, right? it's not. This isn't, it's not no, directed by Eli Roth, therefore, no. This is an audition. Yeah, we've been we've been waiting for the use of those movies, which is that's going to be just tremendous when that day happens. Well, I picked uh, l'Intérieur, so that's coming up. Uh, I, 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 that might I legitimately <laughs> might not watch that one. <laughs> that's impossible. You were you were yeah, obliged. I'm contractually obligated. You it. know what? I'm going to be out of town that week. <laughs> oh great, two man episode fun. You dick. Is this? I mean, uh, that's it. That's, that's it. Trees. Oh, so many trees. Oh, trees and houses. Is this one set in Colorado? Yes. yes. That's the thing I realized. Let me ask you this: Does this count as you body read the horror? book? The, the, the setting is just a main setting too, though. This is baffling. Does this count as body horror? No. No. Of course not. Not even Again, close. you don't understand what body horror is. Well, I don't know. With his, his body's not changing. He gets his ankles broken. Yeah. He's a broken man who gets broken again. No, it's not body horror. Okay. Neat. We're really going to have to do a body horror education. <laughs> We're going to have to do a body horror intervention. You guys don't like body horror. We're going to have to do a body horror like, series. <laughs> you watched The Fly recently. That's body horror. Yeah. I mean, I get that it's that's the extent of body horror and like where it goes, but I don't know. Isn't this... It, it, the genre is wider than that. No, it's not. Okay, fine, cool. Mutilation. I, I his legs are pretty fucked up. Yeah, but it's not like consistently throughout the whole movie. Biological mutilation, mutation. What does this movie do right? <laughs> <laughs> Just radio. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> what does this review? Movie do we wrong? all hated it. <laughs> no, the tension in this movie is, I think, what it does best. 
uh, Kathy Bates' character. She won a fucking Oscar. We just talked about that. Like, and I think it's well deserved. The, she the, does a great yeah, job. the tension that is created, which is exclusively via her character and her performance, is what carries this movie through at the end of the day. Because there's really not a lot happening here. You have a crippled author and she imprisons him basically and psychologically torments him there's like two settings there's and she is just unhinged as fuck but yes. it like really this movie there are two things that it has going on for tension one is just her performance and then two was as we already talked about uh that that hobbling scene which they had done to try to make it less gory and, <laughs> and they made accidentally it <laughs> walked into a much more tense scene well i mean with... the, the, they didn't try and make it less tense they just they tried to want... make it less gory. Yeah, the and this MPAA is a, but that's kind of what I'm saying. It's not kind of what I'm saying though. Is it, yeah. it's not always about like how much gore or how crazy things can get. The Eli Roth method is not always the best way to go. It's almost you don't always to need to see something to make it crazy. You do see something here, but the method with which that particular uh, mutilation happens is pretty measured. And it's very it's well bothersome. Handled. Yeah, it's distressing. <laughs> so, yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna piggyback on that. The, both performances. This is a movie with essentially two settings, right? There's James Con the, sucks. There's the upstairs and the downstairs of this house. There's two different settings that this movie takes place in. There's also the outside. Most part. <laughs> and so this movie lives and dies by the performances. And while I do think James Con is a little over the top and sometimes a lot over the top, wait, he's from the slums, what? man? You think he's, he's over the top? The hell are you talking about? When is he over the top? The he over the top? At the beginning and the end. Well, yeah, okay. He's when still he's doing a good job, when he's not opposite Kathy Bates, yeah, that's fine. Right, right. Okay. But Kathy Bates does a, a unassailable job, and I think if you somehow went into this movie not knowing that she was a lunatic, you would buy that she was legitimately trying to help him until she learns that misery dies. How did they? So how do they market this movie? I am legitimately unaware of that. Do they market this as a drama with Kathy Bates and James Caan, or do they market this as a horror movie? Because I all I can see is a poster, and it looks kind of horrific. I don't actually know, and I certainly didn't do any research, Mark. I mean, I'm sure they clack, put clack, Stephen clack, King clack. on the poster. And said, yeah, this so is you kind of know, King movie, I mean, you know what you're getting yourself You're not into. really, yeah, you're not walking into that one. It thinking sure it's is a good be... thing we don't call ourselves some kind of alphabetical guide to horror movies. That's the sound <laughs> of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> just sit in that disappointment for a while. Don't, uh, don't cut that out, Mark. Yo, just, we are just sitting in. <laughs> just let it, just let it, just let, let it bathe in it. <laughs> let it bathe in it. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, we're not an alphabetical guide to how to market horror movies, so think about that. Yeah, and we're yeah, and we're also not really an alphabetical guide to horror movies. I don't really okay, know what god that would damn be. it! I asked the question. <laughs> yes, it's a Steve. You're right. It's a Stephen King book that was turned into a movie. I don't think there are that many people that didn't expect something to be amiss. But it was also like it's not, it's not a Stephen King book that got really famous and then they made a movie. Yeah, out it was of immediate, it. right? Right. I mean, it came out really. They started making it before he finished the book maybe i don't know it wasn't the ruins right it wasn't you're halfway through this book and you're gonna help write the movie i have no clue how that worked but uh it, it was i think they they bought the movie and started making it before also, the book was out the last time the, the time previous to this that stephen king and rob reiner had had tandemed a movie was stand by me decided not about a horror movie rob yeah, talk let's talk about, about Rob Reiner, Reiner for a second. For a second? This Holy dude's, shit. This dude's list of movies that he has directed, just directed, Crazy. is <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, because he's, I think, best known, I would say, best known for the comedies, right? Well, I mean, I mean I, you say Rob Reiner to me, I think Princess Bride. I, I, my, my personal favorite Rob Reiner is This is Spinal Tap. 
I don't think it gets better than this is Spinal Stand Tap. by Me is amazing. Stand by Me. He's so got, think about what the a range. Weird list. Yeah, the weird list. <laughs> this is Spinal Tap. Stand by Me. Princess Bride. Misery. There are others in there that are very notable, and I'm just neglecting to remember right now. And it's not like he went through phases, right? It's not like <laughs> this he... dude just making movies. Yeah, and they are wildly different. Yeah, and all of them are very, very good. He's a good filmmaker. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how doing. this worked. Wolf but of Wall Street. Few good men. He did the Wolf of Wall Street. What? Yeah, he might have just been a producer. I did not know that. I'm on his. I'm on his. So it continues. That's what it says. It's bizarre. A few good men. That one we kind of glossed over. That one. That's a good movie. What the fuck is up with this guy? Wait, no, no, no. Hold on. Director of Wolf of Wall Street was Martin Scorsese. I have no idea why he's associated with Wolf of Wall Street, but it's like the top thing. on Well, okay. Okay. Well, he did something. It's helpful analysis, Mark. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We're good at horror movies, not any, not other movies. Okay. Wolf we're not Wall good Street, at those. Not either. horror. <laughs> yeah. Frankly, like Jake said, we're not that good at horror movies. Uh, <laughs> do you know how they marketed this? No, we already covered this. No one knows how they marketed it. Jeez. And have that you even listened? Mark, Mark, literally, Mark, no one. Knows. I was doing a joke. Oh. I was, it was making a doing a bit. I liked it. I liked that those, bit. Those... It was funny. Mark's bad at bits. <laughs> Mark, what does this movie do right? You haven't said anything yet. Well, so I mean, it, we're I we guess we're all it. making the same point of how good the acting is. I was surprised you said that Khan was over the top because my thoughts on Khan was it was it took a very interesting choice on his part to just sort of lay back and let Kathy Bates do all the work, and that's what makes this movie work so well. Totally. Is that when those he does two do a good are job. near each other, he just yeah. does almost nothing. He acts a little bit, especially in like the hobbling scene. He starts to get a little bit worked up, obviously, because his ankle's about to get obliterated by a sledgehammer. But he and, just... And I think the scene where he has put, or he's first trying to put, and then has put the, the like ground-up meds into her wine, he is like on edge, and that comes through. Yeah, but it's all very subtle. It's not like, he's not doing what Kathy Bates is doing. She's doing a whole, she's feeling out all the space and going from zero yeah. to 60 and doing the manic, depressive. She does, I yeah. mean, she does everything in this movie. She does normal, yes. she does psycho, she does depressed. She, I, you know, everywhere. And I, it, it, Not like enough I said, can be said about that. Like I said, I didn't you can't know say it. she won we the can't. You gotta uh, see award it. for this. Yeah. And in my notes, my like notes were she should have won an award for this. <laughs> and I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay, shockingly. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also yeah, did just look it up. Right. And she beat Angelica Houston in The Grifters, Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman, Meryl Streep from Postcards from the Edge, which I've never even heard of, and Joanne Woodward from Mr. and Mrs. Bridge. So interesting. I looked it up too. She also beat Julia Roberts from uh, Aaron, Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, which is crazy because Aaron Brockovich that. didn't come out until much later. It's weird. You know, it was such a good performance. They said if there's another Julia Roberts movie coming out in about six years, I think <laughs> you're going to beat that too. Jack, just just so you know, uh, Aaron Brockovich came out yeah. in the year 2000, so you were a decade off. What is that? Cannot possibly. Be We're true. old, bro. What? <laughs> Holy we are, shit! We are Full that disclosure: old. I've never seen that movie. We are that old. <laughs> Um, but since we've already talked Look, about the acting, and I think obviously that's probably the high point of this, you don't you don't get acting of this caliber in most movies, let alone in the horror genre. Um, Unless it's a dog. But also I wanted to highlight the, yeah, exactly, dog acting in the thing is amazing. Uh, the makeup is really, really good on his legs. The legs? Yeah. yeah. They, look, they look right fucked up. Yep. It's gruesome. Which I was kind of surprised by. I don't remember, like, that first scene of uncovering the legs, you're like, oh. 
oh, oh, and then it kind of builds and builds and builds. The more they leave them exposed, the more you want her to put the blanket back over. It's, again, another good use of, well, it's another good example of how they create tension. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so simple, and everything there, everything on the homestead is just kind of simplistic. So anything that does happen has so much more impact. Right. I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's, that's a perfect example. And yeah. they also use it to show the progression of time. So when you first see him in the bed, he still has, like, open wounds from the compound fractures of his tibia and yeah. fibula. Um, he has, like, bandages and stuff on it. There actually isn't that much bruising or swelling yet because, you know, the injury is relatively recent. And then, like, a week, I don't know. Time is very hard to keep track of in this movie, but I assume about a yep. week later you see his legs again. And they're, like, Are swollen and puffy and br- yeah, yeah. bruises everywhere. Um, and then, you know, obviously that continues down the road. I have no idea how long he's supposedly trapped in this cabin, but it seems like basically a winter. I don't know if they... It's, uh, it's pretty much a season in the book. I don't know if they, they make that clear in the movie. So a few months. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. you can basically generally see his legs changing over time. And without any other bearing for how much time has passed, aside from that one montage where it's night like four times in a row, um, you know, the legs are actually a yeah. surprisingly good clock. That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, I agree. No, absolutely. I think that's that's really well done. Uh, another thing I really like about this movie: this is a cool Stephen King story to adapt because a lot of his stuff is so supernatural that like his writing doesn't come through super well in the film adaptations. But this one is so dialogue dependent that they get a lot of lines directly from the book and such classic Stephen King lines that are so just fucking weird. Like when they say your color is very hectic. And then it's just silent for a couple of seconds after. Like, it's just both people recognize that's a weird thing for someone to fucking say. And they're like, this is a weird situation. It's just that kind of weirdness that is just recognized as being weird and makes puts you, as the observer of it, a little on edge. I think a lot of that comes through in this movie that does not come through in other Stephen King movies. And I really like that. I don't know if this is a Stephen Kingism or this was just something that was, like, ad-libbed on set. But at one point, Kathy Bates says she apologizes for making James Caan feel oogie. Yes. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> and I don't I don't remember if that was from the book or not, but that's what I'm talking about where Stephen King is a master of like structure of writing, right? And all that kind of stuff, but he's also a very good like coming up with just weird lines that make you feel weird when you're reading them and I think that comes through. And again, I don't know if that one was from his book, but that's another another one like that. And I mean, it's kind of a general indicator of who Kathy Bates like you you what's her name in the book? Annie Annie Wilkes. Annie Wilkes. It's a good indicator of, like, how she interacts with, like, just the language she uses is indicative of who she is as a person because it's, like, super conservative. The scene where she goes off and starts, like, because she's pissed about how much swearing is in the new book or whatever is is great because, like, the the swear words she picks out are all, like, the super lame ones that, like, you're told not to say when you're in fourth grade. (laughs) It kind of made me, so I hadn't, I have to interject here. I hadn't, uh... I hadn't seen this movie, like I said, cover to cover in a really long time, and I think it probably was bef- it had happened before I saw Signs any number of times, and it reminded me of the scene in the drugstore where she's talking about how she, she was like trying to repent for her sins of swearing, and she said she used the word bastard. Yep. <laughs> I'm thinking that might have been a little nod, and I just didn't catch it. Maybe. Until now. Yeah. Yeah. So you have that scene, and then you also have like what one or two scenes later, she's talking about this is one of the most divine things ever. What's that? What's that ceiling that that Dago painted? <laughs> just oh, the yeah, casual, Dago. just casually dropping racism into a conversation, but exactly. also being worried about saying the word bastard. Well, right. It's, it's it's funny because there there are a couple instances of that for sure where she's like 
definitely portraying that kind of I don't I hesitate to call it backwards, but it's kind of like the backwards raised very religiously rural person. Right. That has no idea what is proper. (laughs) So the things that, that are proper are like the divine that they get from the Bible, but anything else goes basically. <laughs> right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's a weirdness there that I think that she portrays very well through her character. And a lot of it is very subtle as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I think that's the thing it does really well. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot more for this category because there isn't a lot going on in the movie. I've got, well, I've got a middle. Okay. I think that transitions well. I, I typically I would put this in what it does wrong, but it doesn't, it's not egregious enough and I think it's a good inflection point as well because, like you said, there's not a ton going on in the movie that's generally to good effect. But it's also kind of a slow movie that's it's like 110 minutes long. Yeah. So it's it's overly long, and at times I am not as immersed as I want to be in the film. Totally. I'm just going to call the what it does middle length. Because and as you could be in Kathy Bates's acting and yeah, performance. Like. Yeah, definitely. That's why it's middle because a lot they build tension based on the fact that there's not a lot going on and there are a lot of instances where it's used to really good effect and it can bring you in all the more because it's been a little slow. Right. But in the end, there are sequences in the film that I find myself being like, oh, I'm checking back into this movie now. So I don't even know what happened because I started to kind of drift away. Right. It's a long movie. Yeah, it's in, the, it's in the middle for me. The funny I thing is what- that that sort of mirrors a little bit of something that was happening like in real life on set where Reiner would force James Caan to be in the bed for like basically six months straight the and not day. doing anything. Yeah. So there's just like so much boredom encased yeah. within his character because in real life he's actually just he was bored sitting yeah. in a bed. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to get paid, man. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, another thing I think the movie does middle is its time capsuleness of okay. late '80s, early '90s, especially when they're talking about how he's going to get copies of the book made and the manuscript, and you burn the manuscript, and that—that's all I had. There's no, oh, no, no, there's nothing else. It's like, oh shit, all right. Okay, I see where you went. Stuff that's, used yeah. to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, and there's no cell phones. There's no GPS. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think this movie can exist anymore. No, right? You'd have an OnStar agent calling, hey, Mr. Khan, I wow. saw you crashed your car. You're going, you, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 stop. OnStar is also old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is tremendously old. That's the you are dating yourself like no with. other in this episode. <laughs> this movie is unbelievable because he doesn't have OnStar. No, no, I'm just saying, like, now, that's why it couldn't exist now. No, that, I don't, no one has, okay, wrong? OnStar happened for, like, three years nearer to now than when this movie was made but it would if if there was on star in a fucking movie now I, you would think that it was dated my rig is from 92 like i don't know what cars have or don't have they definitely don't, don't have, have on star jack i'll tell you what five years ago <laughs> most cars still didn't have on star there's a reason that service <laughs> no longer exists yes okay an on star like thing Jesus phone? Christ. It would have helped him. It's, it's hey, called a phone. Hey, <laughs> hey Mr. Khan, this is OnStar. Uh, I see you've crashed your car. Do we need to send someone to make gotta, sure nobody okay. breaks, nobody hobbles you? I got to tell you, though. It seems like you might be about to be hobbled. I was just in a place on vacation that should absolutely have cell phone service, and I was lacking service, like, the entire time. Well, and especially, I mean, Colorado, too. Maine, that could happen. And Idaho, that I was in, happens. Like, so, I, yeah, I was in the Olympic Peninsula of Washington, and I did not have service the entire time I was there. And that blew my fucking mind. I don't have yeah. cell phone service in my house. 
<laughs> that does it blow your mind, Mark? I have to I have to sit in my kitchen by the window in order to call people. Damn, you must live in some sort of a bubble. Yeah, no, it's actually yeah. You're stashed LG in a bubble. Stashed phones. a bunch of bodies in your cellar. I was just going with the simpler thing, but okay. Okay, what did he stash? What does he stash? No, he is stashed in a bubble. Oh. Yeah, that makes more yeah, sense. Uh, when you try I'm to jam my beers, game, I'm off. You my need more game. beer, I think. Okay, you really are. Okay, I have one last thing. This does middle. Oh, me too. The strings. You said you only had one. I didn't. The the, the score of this movie is charming briefly, and then it just becomes <laughs> too much. There is that's like so much swelling strings in this thing, and I think that's era. actually a bit of a Reinerism. He does that a lot in his movies, but. Um, it's just, it overwhelms things at points where there's just like so much music <laughs> happening. And like, it's lucky that you have Khan and Bates on screen being good at what they do, but that's a very delicate edge that they're dancing on. And at times I frankly couldn't pay attention because the strings were going fucking nuts. <laughs> huh. I, I, mean, I, I noticed it, but I think it's, it's, Movies of this era have a lot more scoring than I think modern horror movies do. That's very true. I think, yeah, minimalism has become more the thing. I would say especially since, like, Cloverfield and Blair Witch did things that didn't have music at all in it, right? Right, right. The the, the efficacy of silence has really been something people have seized on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but There's this movie that came out this year. It's called A Quiet Place. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I mean, that's why this is does middle. It's a good time capsule and... You know, no matter what you say, strings will serve to increase tension when you use them. But also, yeah, yeah at times it's it's uh, especially once you start paying attention to it, it's one of those things that once you hear it, you can't not hear it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. My my last middle thing, <sighs> guys. This, this is the was... most middle things we've had. Yeah, I know. Jake, and I he don't... also said he only had one. Yeah, I thought of another though, and I just I don't know where to put this. It's not a nitpick. It doesn't do it wrong, and I don't, I certainly don't think it does it right. So this is more of just like a hey, let's talk about it. Okay. This is a twenty million dollar movie. <laughs> hey, let's wrap for a it's minute. a twenty million dollar movie. Okay. Listener, you can't how. see this, but Jake has turned his hat around backwards, turned his chair around, and and straddled it like reverse cowgirl style. <laughs> like reverse cowgirl style. That's a way to describe how people sit in chairs. Like reverse, reverse cowgirl, cowgirl style. <laughs> that's a that's Is a that South porn on your TV. Any oh. hoozles? It's a twenty million dollar movie, and it does not. Uh, it does not feel like a twenty million dollar movie. It feels like they could have made this for for nothing. Yeah, a million. Right? How like, many? Where does that come through? It's the. It's, it's it has to be the actors. Uh, Rob Reiner too. I mean, he got he got pretty burned on this is Spinal Tap, right? He kind of famously made almost no money for it, so he got weird about his contracts. Well, they paid a lot of money for something. <laughs> helicopter. Mean, they actually was bought a well known. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not. I'm saying that's where I think it had to go. Kathy Bates wasn't a particularly well known name. I would right? I would this love to see what she thing. made compared to him. Right. And this I mean, as far as casting goes, I don't I don't know what that process was like, but according to IMDb, the uh, they went through something like forty five actors before someone agreed to play James Conn's part. James Conn agreed really? to play that. Yeah, I mean, literally, they talked to Bill Murray. <laughs> there were that so would, many. That would be amazing. Awesome. <laughs> they would have really had so crazy. many better one liners. Oh my god. This would have been a decidedly different movie. But, like, seriously, go on there and take a look at the list. There's not less than 20 other names listed for that part. Wow. (laughs) Am I wrong, though, in thinking that this is Kathy Bates' breakout role, that she was relatively unknown before this? No clue. 
You keep asking unanswerable questions that are definitely answerable, but not by the people in this room. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were about to use the word literally, and I'm I glad did you didn't use it. I was, was going to pounce. Because I was ready if, to pounce. Yeah, if you had, that would have been something that you had done wrong. <laughs> and, oh, I see what you're doing there. A transition, so if you will. So I am, I am legitimately curious, actually, to put a bow on your question, Jake, whether or not these were, like, very collectible penguin figurines that they bought that are actually, like, a million dollars apiece. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe they actually bought the helicopter that's been flying around the whole movie. Well, I don't know what you're saying. That's what cost. That's what cost so much. That's what oh. cost. Oh. That's what cost twenty million dollars. Yeah, they paid. Oh they paid God. James Caan and Kathy Bates nothing, and they spent their entire budget on collectible ceramic figurines. Well, what they had <laughs> to do? No, what they had to Chotchkes, do? They had to will. go into the future and take that penguin costume from Billy Madison and shrink it down and make it uh, whatever material that was. So that cost a lot. Holy shit. That was one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. That is probably something that this movie does wrong, right? I would say so. <laughs> I already made a good transition. And you you just already made it worse. Yeah, but then, but then you cut me off in the middle of my sentence, so I had to bring it back. And now we have two good transitions into what does the movie do wrong? <laughs> Fuck you, Mark. Sorry. <sighs> you really blew it back. I would there. like to formally I... apologize for how good that transition was. You blew it. <laughs> Mark, that's not how formal apologies on the podcast work, and you know it. Yeah, you need to write something. We'll play some music. It's going to be fine. You threatened to put my loved ones on train tracks, uh, 1920s vaudevillian villain style. No, and I did you it. Did... Vaudevillain? <laughs> the recurring gag of how close the local sheriff gets to discovering them is is very goofy, and I don't that's understand why they yeah, It doesn't fit the movie. tone of the movie at all. There's, yeah, it's the first, the opening scene with him and his wife in the car, and they're, like, bickering back and forth, and he's like, look, a broken branch, and they slam on their brake, and then, like, they're flying <laughs> over the over the cabin and all this other shit. It's just, like, this that's the reason why this movie is an extra 20 minutes long, and I don't know why it needs that. It, it has, like, a slapstick quality to it. It's so strange. He's in the tension, baby. I, I mean, <laughs> in a way, yeah. I, it's hard to say what this movie would be without it. It's but all in it the does hips. seem like you know, well, it could help the pacing, but it also seems just completely out of place. It's, all it's a clear hips. choice, too, because in the book, the sheriff really ramps the tension up because he is kind of legitimately getting close, and it does like actually ramp the tension up. So He's it's such dumb a it out. weird, deliberate choice that Rob Reiner made to make him comic I'm relief. It's bizarre. Reiner. And named him Buster. I think that's great. I don't think there's anything you can do to say that that was wrong. <laughs> so thanks for potting in what it does wrong, Mark. You chode. Nailed it. Uh, don't. Oh, shit, I'm at a station. I don't. I don't think this. You're movie... at the station. No, nope. I'm not. Already. I, I want to say like the, what the movie does wrong is. I don't know, but I can't, I can't put my finger on it. But I, I'm wow. having trouble like pinpointing things it does wrong. I gotta but say, it's not, I agree. This was a hard one to write. Does wrong for? Totally. It's it's hard to like point at a thing and said this movie did that incorrectly. And here's a way. To, we never have a way to do it differently. So I shouldn't set that precedent. But uh, it's just. But it isn't. It obviously isn't the best movie ever. It's not even well, like I, go. I think words. I agree I'm, with you. I'm floundering. I agree with you completely. And Mark just said, that especially he did as on the well. floundering so point. I think that <laughs> I think that what it kind of boils down to is the the biggest culprit here is what I had to resort to putting in what it does middle because it gets kind of slow and a little bit check outy. 
like I found myself coming back into the movie whenever Kathy Bates would arrive and do something weird. Right. So it was an easy one for me to check out of a little bit while Khan was just being bored on screen. It was long and it was a little bit slow. And I guess if you want to to put it in its most negative light, it was a little bit boring at times. Okay. So I I I might have blown the load a little bit early on that particular note. I, I just don't have. That I think much it does I think wrong. I think that that fits best here. But I was not willing to put it here, meaning I agree with both of you. So why don't we just go ahead and get to the station? I have because Mark because I have one I have a lot that Mark does wrong, but we're going to be here all fucking day. I'd like to mention one specific thing related to this movie that Mark does wrong. What's that? I'm glad Do you not asked. know what James Caan looks like? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> pause. We're going to pause on that one for uno momento. One thing this movie okay. actually does wrong. Make up good for 98% of the movie. When Kathy Bates is hit and falls onto the type of MacGuffin. That, fair. She is legitimately just a stiff mannequin with a little bit of like ketchup spread on her forehead. That, that is that looks one of the bad. most jarringly bad effects scenes I have ever seen. They were ready to go to the bar that day. Mark, they only had $20 million to make this Yeah, Mark, movie. stop <laughs> fucking asking too much. You're They've always spent $18 asking, million dollars asking, on asking, 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 and then asking, they realized nagging. they had to make a movie. Nagging, 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 nagging. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm serious, though. That was incredible. At the climax of the movie, there is something that will literally make you laugh out loud. Yes, yeah, it yeah. didn't look good. It should be the most intense thing, and it's That's comical. problematic. Well, yeah, okay. 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 Unpause. I've heard it for a long fucking time, but... <laughs> I don't even know why it's funny anymore. Do you think he's going to start, like, playing songs? I don't even know songs. why it's funny anymore. It's the important thing is, Jake, that it's still funny. It's, you know what's you know what's making it seem sad to you, Jake? Watching the look him of do delight it. on his face. Watching him, yeah, watching it. that be the, the the sense of self satisfaction. He gets listener, I'm really sorry. Doing. I'm really sorry. So I'm going to try to paint a word picture for you. When Mark does this thing that he does, it, you can tell that it's legitimately, legitimately the best part of his day. So just soak that in for a second. That's the best part of that man's day. Okay. <laughs> We do this you for know you. What? You know what, Jake? It's the simple things. Simple kind of man, Mark. <laughs> this, yeah. this whole podcast. You are a simple kind of man. Elaborate form of therapy for Mark just to get him an excuse to use his train whistle. The only thing that makes him happy. <laughs> He's something that he loves and understands, Jack. <laughs> so do we not have nitpicks, or are you guys just going to do Oh, I have nitpicks. For... I got nitpicks. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of just on the train of uh, nitpicking Mark. Let's just keep roasting this guy. I have a question guy. for you boys about my very first nitpick. I wrote down here in my notes <laughs> that I was pretty drunk it, when I wait, wrote wait, this. Wait, 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 wait. Is it Jack's indiscernible this, note of the week or whatever we call that? I definitely understand it. I don't remember oh. the scene. Okay. It, well, it says, no footprints, question mark, exclamation It had to be point. something that had to do with snow. I think so. I think they forgot to put some footprints in. I don't remember that. Though. I mean, there was a blizzard, so I feel like that answers that question. So they forgot footprints. First nitpick. We got there, boys. Well, nature, we really nature, Encyclopedia Brown Nature fact. tends to take care of that when it's blizzarding, but okay. Continue. Look, I'm sure I had a reason for writing it. I don't know, Jack. Drunk you, <laughs> kind of an idiot, just so you know. <laughs> That sober me, also kind of an idiot. <laughs> yeah, it might actually be independent of your sobriety. Your general <laughs> blood alcohol level is independent of your idiocy. Uh, it's not helping things, I'll put it that way. I think I said that backwards. You... I'll say this. You never my see blood alcohol good... level is independent of my You sobriety. never see good CPR in movies, but this was actively the worst CPR I have uh, ever seen on screen. 
it's in no way how CPR works. Yeah, in that's no a really way. good point. Actually, she, Not one part she of that was yanks him out of a car crash, jerks his neck around from side to side. I guess to make sure his head is still attached. Hasn't um, established that he isn't breathing or his heart isn't beating. And then and then blows into his mouth from like an inch away from his mouth. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, she doesn't even make contact with his li- Like, oh, so she's in love with this guy, and she doesn't even use the excuse to, to kiss him. She doesn't even... She, when yeah, she also hasn't established it's necessary. She really needed to pull a squints in that scene, and she didn't. <laughs> it makes me sad. I literally just made that joke, but cool. No, that's good. I, I'm glad you... I didn't hear you, Mark. I didn't hear I know you, you either. Didn't. Well, you know what? The point well, is, the CPR well, was... No, right. there... Well, I want to review... <laughs> Fine, I said continue. I said that I said that she was trying she should have Wendy Testabergered him. Oh, I didn't my hear that. God, I didn't hear Are it you either. Sure you said that? Uh you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna play it back in slow motion. Listener, here it comes. Wendy Testabergered him. <laughs> Wendy Peppercorn? Oh fuck. Testabergers from That's South why Park. I didn't hear you because you don't know her goddamn name. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really happy that you slow mode it. Wendy Testaburger. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's she great, Mark. Just, that's really, Tester really Burger good. might have gotten that at one point or another. Tester remember. Burger? <laughs> that's from South Park, dude. Oh, <laughs> I don't watch South. Park. Everything he does. It's, uh, Let's go back to roasting, Mark. That was fun. Um, I, it is fun. You're right. Mixing spam into ground beef. Pro, Yum. Pro tip: spam is delicious, but it's an ingredient in and of itself. If you're looking for like more delicious ground beef, you can just put more fat or butter in. You don't need to mix spam into ground beef. <laughs> just get seventy thirty ground beef. Yes. It doesn't alter the flavor enough. The spam, the delicious spam, is just like masked by the ground beef. You want the taste of spam. That's fair. Pretty much. I, I pretty much. I mean, this is the A to Z. Wasabi is one of the best things on the planet, and that's just spam and rice. Yes. I can't say I've ever had spam. Oh, dude, you need to get some good masabi somewhere. Holy there shit. has to be some sort of yeah. good, like Hawaiian place somewhere in the valley. I would assume there are quite a few Polynesians. We've there. got a bunch here in, in uh, Boise. Good masabi is fucking incredible. Okay, no, and it's not hard to make it good because it's spam and rice, and you just yeah. There can't bit. be that many steps. It's it's spam Combi- sushi. It's open awesome. spam, make rice. Just combined. go to, go to like the best Yelp rated Hawaiian place in whatever. Salt Lake Valley is called. And ask them for spam. On the Wasash front and get some uh, wasabi. Okay. It's going to be good. I'm going to I'm gonna say it wrong and I'm going to get a plate full of wasabi and it's going to be bad. Yeah, I almost just did that too, but that's because I've had some number of beers. This is a, a neat number. pick, but uh, I really like the attention to well, detail that they have uh, when he's out and about, when he first escapes the room with the bobby pin lock thing and he takes the sleeve of pills um, and then he like back to the reaches. So he takes the sleeve, puts it like in his shirt, and then reaches back up and fixes the where like the sleeve was supposed to be. I like that. That's a really good like little thing that they do. Yeah, they my don't... next nick pick was with the bobby pin. Lock yeah, mine too. Oh, here we go. There's a lot um, of things because that that's scene. not how lock picking works, right? You can pick a lock with a bobby pin. Jack, he's need, from the slums. You he need knows. two independent pieces. You you need a tension wrench, yeah. and you need to push each. Anyone you need a anyone rake. who's played Fallout game knows this. Is this true? They do that in Fallout. Yeah, it's a yeah. No, it's a no, 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 no. I feel like I feel like that's the opposite of what you're trying to say. Because in Fallout, all you have is a bobby pin. No, I thought it was a screwdriver. There were two things. Oh, oh am I thinking of? It legit might have changed between a... Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas. I think it's just a bobby pin, though. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm. Mm, how do you pick locks in one of the Elder Scrolls? You're games? thinking of Skyrim, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I think Skyrim. Thinking of Skyrim. Yep. Skyrim yep. I've actually played. Yeah. Skyrim's great. Yeah. This is A to Z horror video game corner. <laughs> yeah. And our hot take, Skyrim, pretty good game. Yeah, that's a great way to burn 90 hours of your life. <laughs> oh. Set it on fire. And I'm not going to tell you how many I spent on Oblivion. In any case, uh, d- d- how's James the ice Con? chest doing these days? You should boot it up and go see how the ice chest is. <laughs> ice chest. Dude, I broke. I The game will not load. Do you guys remember when we watched one of our high school friends log into his account for the first time in years and he logged in and the first thing squatting happened, on a table without squatting pants. on a table pantsless <laughs> just, we're like, what the fuck? but but what in his doing? inventory he had three separate pairs of the pants of resist cold yes he did and that's all Which he had pants and pants all... of resist cold are just pants and that's all he had <laughs> And that was his legitimate game. It's not like he had an end game to right. like make us walk into this trap of humor. <laughs> no, that he was, was legitimately. As that, he was very embarrassed by this. <laughs> oh, video games bring friends closer. <laughs> They're the best. Oh shit! So yeah, I don't know where we were. I don't James have. Con can't pick a lock. I don't have anything of, else. On top of your nitpick, Jack, is it possible to relock a door with just a bobby pin? Effectively, no. It, it is possible. Certain locks, you can do it, but it's about the hardest thing you can do to pick a lock closed. It is not impossible. Crybation but it can is, do it. Crybation can do it. It is impossible on many locks and very, very hard on some. And it's, I feel like they just think that there's like a notch in the deadbolt that he's like just twisting back and forth. Right. Oh, yeah. No, he. this is just that wildly incorrect lock picking. Yeah. Okay. Next up. Why is she called the Dragon Lady? In the in the newspaper clippings, oh. as he's rolling through them, you're right. She's called the Dragon. That's Lady. not really a nitpick as much as like it, this is a book thing they transferred over. Well, it was probably like a not really. It's not an Easter egg to be clear, but it's probably fan service for people who had read the book. No, right? it is. Okay, it is. So, do you have an answer? Yes, I mean, in, in her past, right when he's finding all that shit, it is it was a well known publicized case, like all the people, all the babies she was hurting and killing and all that stuff. Yep. she was just called the Dragon Lady because why? of the way she did. I don't remember exactly why. Because she, she fire on him. Yeah, she spat fire she on fire them. fire on him. Yep, you got there. Fire and brimstone. This isn't one of Stephen King's best books. I well, that probably means it's a pretty good book. <laughs> yeah, that's the, when you write seven hundred books in your lifetime. Some of them are are going to be kind of stinkers, you know. I doubt it was a stinker. It's though. not a stinker. Okay, yeah. that's had, what I'm saying. To be clear, he has some stinkers. Have you ever read "You Are" or oh, the one that was are. specifically the, made to publicize the Kindle? Yeah, it's a, you should read that. The guy gets a haunted Kindle. He puts in the wrong Bro. credit card number and he gets a haunted Kindle from a different dimension. That book rules and it's terrible he that's defi- a stinker he definitely churned that out in like one and one half days yeah, yeah. did she and the, never the... give james con a sponge bath because i feel like at the end of this he would have fucking stunk but also he definitely was bathed dude it, she must have the, the wounds would be infected as shit well I, they probably were anyway but my point is like if you're gonna give the guy a sponge bath how do you not find all of the shit that he's stashed in his shirt at any one point in this movie he has like 17 pounds of garbage inside of his shirt I feel like they establish, they do a decent job in the movie of establishing that he's got multiple hiding places. He's got a slit in the mattress he's hiding things in. He's he's hiding things a few different places. There's like an initial hiding place, and then when she's not looking, I can stash it in one of my, I can stash in one of my other bubbles. Mark? I mean, ah. I guess, but like if she just pounces on him and gives him a sponge bath, she's going to find some pills. Okay. 
That So your nitpick is she didn't pounce on him? So my nitpick is that it appears that she's not giving him regular sponges bath. How many times did she rape him in this movie? None. I mean, but they didn't show like her. Like off screen. They didn't like show her bait him either. Implied rape. Yeah, it's the implication, Mark. Oh, uh, probably still none. My my assessment saw- here is that she's not giving him sponges bath, so. I think she gives him <laughs> sponges bath. He's plenty clean. Okay. He looks He's pretty Mark- clean to me. I thought... I was going to make a joke. I uh, no, I agree. Right. She didn't rape him. Heavens to Betsy. She wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, lastly, my goodness. Lastly, we've alluded to this earlier, but I have I've cracked this egg wide open. I have a whole conspiracy theory now. They brought in other people to play James Caan in certain scenes of this movie. Oh, God damn it. I'm glad you brought because I brought God. it up earlier. Mark, you are an idiot. <laughs> the, you, so I think your art is tremendous, Mark. For, listener, you got to jump on the website and read our review to see this. For yeah, the listener. We'll include this Mark in the write-up. But posted in our group chat that they brought in a different actor to play James Caan towards the end of this, this movie. This James Caan lookalike they used for the reshoots. And then he posted two different pictures of James Caan. <laughs> So I guess my point is that they like legitimately at best they legitimately do his makeup differently on these different shots. Or and what's it worse? What's it worse? James Conn is a skinwalker? Like what are we doing here? What what like, egg who looks what, like what egg almost exactly like James Conn but not quite exactly like James Conn? They found a also, Jam- No, they found a James, James Conn, you idiot. They found a James Conn changeling and re- they used that cheaper actor because they were bumping up against their 20 million dollar limit to shoot the reshoots that they needed okay i'm happy you mentioned the budget because i was gonna really harp on the budget oh my god mark it's james Conn. these two people are different people these are two different people they have different hair oh god they have different wrinkles dick size is slightly different i mean it's implied it's implied yeah it's heavily implied I'm going out with that because I, I frankly, I, I'm still convinced that that's not James. I Conn. don't know what else we could go out with, Mark. Oh my God, we gotta go to ratings. Oh fuck. We overrated as horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how LL Cool J would write disrespecting his duplication investigation. There's any duplicating going around here when you're not present? You duplicate alone? You taking my duplication investigation seriously? And for 10, think of how the Coors Light guy would rate twins, or, or tweens as the case may be. Dogs that love cats and, and twins and I Story is the first category to rate these movies. This is my pick. I'm going to rate it for story. I'm going to rate it a six for story. It's real simple. And that simplicity serves it well. Uh, it, it's also served by the era, right? We talked about you couldn't write this now, but that, that can't be blamed for not having anticipated what the future would bring and writing a story that's future-proof. Although it also might kind of be, on star aside. I'm going to stop talking and give it a six. Jake, what about wow. you? Uh, almost the same reasons as you, but I'm going seven here. I, I think the simplicity aids the movie in this case, and it's a little bit rare that this happens where it can ride that simplicity to glory, but it 
tends to do so. You can't give it a much higher score, obviously, than what we're giving. And if Mark blows it out of the water with like a nine or a ten, I won't be surprised, but I'll berate him. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna berate because me of the lack of things happening in the movie. It is about boredom. Okay, like it is about boredom. Yeah, but totally. it's doing like that serves the purpose of the movie well. Yes. Now, Jake, I have another question for you. Yeah. You put on sunglasses. Can I ask why? Uh, because I was, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, uh, <laughs> you're gesturing wildly as well. Yeah. He's all over the place. I'm always place. gesturing wildly. It's what I do. No, you've, <laughs> you've taken it up to a new level. I don't know, man. I feel like it. I'm feeling good. Ray Charles. Okay. Was... Mark, what's your story rating? I also gave and it a why seven. why is Jake wearing sunglasses? I also gave it a seven. This movie is, is a lot like Monkey Shines, but with people, if you think about it. Well, I mean, there are people in Monkey it's Shines. It's like Monkey Shines, but with There people. are people in Monkey Shines. Yeah, but I mean, There's it's only one monkey Bates in Monkey Shines. Monkey, not Monkey's it's Shine. It's not Monkey's Shine. Monkey Shines. Oh, my God. Monkey's <laughs> Shine. This is unbelievable. No, but actually, this is, there's a lot of, I like you said, the story itself is relatively simple, but the script itself is well executed there's a lot of circular yeah. imagery that they keep calling back to there's a lot of call aheads foreshadowing the starting and ending with the same imagery of the glass of dom perignon the single match and the cigarette is good <laughs> dom um, perignon don perignon but also just in general the concept of an author being held captive metaphorically by his own creation i mean that's Essentially, I, to get back to what this book You're is, going deep. I like it. To get back to what this book is, it's Stephen King writing a story that is a metaphor for his own struggles with substance abuse. He talks about this in on writing a lot. He talks about this book a lot, and translating that into an actual villain and the realization of that villain on screen, I think, goes best into this category and deserves quite a bit of recognition. Seven yeah, might not. I'm glad be you. High I'm enough. glad you mentioned that. I actually didn't know. I don't have a lot of Stephen King depth of knowledge. So, so I, I that's hide, good. Even that's if you're not the biggest Stephen King fan in the world, on writing is one of my favorite books of all time by Stephen King. It's just a great book. He dedicates a substantial amount of that book to talking about how he wrote this book partially because this is during like his his prime era of all of his substance abuse which was uh -huh. wild and uh -huh. he was really struggling with it he wrote this the kathy bates character is his substance abuse he's trapped in a cabin with it yep everybody and just thought he was trying to do a self-aggrandizing thing yeah about like fans are in love with him and he was like I, no i'm really no that's not, <laughs> i'm not really trying. not i don't well, think anybody's gonna fall in love with me like that. and to his credit he didn't really even mention what his inspiration was for the character for at least a decade after he wrote the thing because he didn't want to distract from what the movie or book was in a self-contained thing. And then later he, in like the year 2000 or a little bit later, he gave an interview where he finally came clean. It was like, yeah, Annie Wilkes is my struggles with substance abuse. That's the yeah. point of it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah. Seven. Seven. <laughs> so seven world building and immersion is our second category. I'm going to give it a four for world. Building wow. And Jake, wow. you, you said it best. I mean, there are parts of this movie where you're fully engrossed in the dynamic between these two and what's going on, but this is a movie about boredom, and there's parts of it where you're bored. Yeah. There's parts of it where you're waiting for the next thing to happen, and it's just, it can't suck you in that much. And I think also casting as recognizable a guy as James Caan in this role kind of hurt it, just because when nothing's happening, but you're staring at James Caan, it's just like, yep, watching a movie. Sometimes it's James Caan, sometimes it's a James Caan lookalike. 
It's always James Conn. It's just it's just always James Conn. Mark was more immersed in the James Conn look life <laughs> conspiracy. So I I want to give it a higher score, but I'm going to give aren't. it a four. Okay. I'm not. Yeah. I want to, but I'm not. I know. I know. Wow. I'm uh, not a beard. Okay. Yeah, that's that's tremendous. I guess I'll go next. Uh, I want to, and I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm going six. I I agree with what you said, but luckily, th- this movie is about boredom. But luckily, Kathy Bates' character is on screen for a good amount of this movie, and she carries this thing so hard. Probably eighty percent of the movie. It, yeah. I, it <laughs> it like I do. So I think part of the issue that I had. And when it starts to feel long is just the fact that she does so well when she's on screen makes it all the more noticeable when she's off screen and he is bored. And I think that that kind of creates an interesting dynamic where you start to get sucked out pretty quickly. You start to feel that boredom, but then she comes back luckily pretty quickly each time. And I'm back into it. I stew. uh, I dill stew. Dill stew fell in love. (laughs) Holy shit. Jake, you can't. Nominal aphasia <laughs> version two. Double fantasy. Wow, listener, I listener. do still feel that sort of boredom that he feels, but I have a hard time with words. getting sucked. Yes. A, I have a hard time with words. I also have a hard time getting sucked completely out of the movie because luckily she's there to save it. So I'm giving it a six, but not higher. And I am definitely having a seizure right now. Yeah, listener, you can't tell, but one side of Jake's face is drooping, independent of the other side. We're a little concerned. He's holding oh, he's up both of his hands, but only one of them is actually on. reaching where he's reaching for. Yeah, he's got the entire fast acronym happening, including time. He's becoming the concept of time. <laughs> Guys, does this smell like burning hair in here? <laughs> it does. That's independent. Jack is actually actively lighting his hair on fire. <laughs> Mark, what did you give it? Um, I went higher than that. Yeah, dog. I went I very high. That. I gave this an eight, eight and a half. I find whoa okay. I find whoa, Kathy whoa, Bates' whoa. performance. We climb the ladder on this one, baby. I find Kathy Bates' performance to be utterly captivating. I can't not watch her on screen. Yeah, um, no, it's good. And as a result, when she's here, I am in. And when she's not here, kind of like you said, just sim- simply her absence and the way it changes the characters is also yeah. super interesting. Honestly, the hmm. only parts of this movie where I checked out a little bit was when they decided to cut away completely to like the slapstick to sheriff the, and just be yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah. you know, now he's going to go be his goofy self and do some weird things. Wowie but zowie. The performances in this movie are incredible. Like I said, I had never really seen this and going back to watch the classics can, is a real crapshoot sometimes, but I am really glad that we took the plunge on this one. It's been on my list for a long time, so I probably would have done yeah. it anyway. But, like, this is one of the ones that you should go back and watch if you haven't seen it. Because I was yeah. in. Totally. Great. That's I, good to I, hear. I don't hate the score. It's no, high, I, I think I don't you can. I, I actually understand each of the versions of the score that we gave on that little ladder climb we did. Uh, it really depends on how quickly you can get pulled out when she's off screen. Yeah. That's what it depends on. So. I think so. Scare Factor is going to be our third category. I'm going to give it a five for Scare Factor. It is Kathy Bates. Mark, I'm kind of putting a little bit more of that in there. She is fucking terrifying. James Conn is genuinely helpless. Like, he's trying a lot of shit. I'm thinking a lot about that scene where he does put the drug in her wine glass. That is so fucking tense. I was on edge that whole goddamn time. Even though I know exactly what was going to happen. I'd seen it and read it before. It works. The ankle adds to it. It's just, it's fucking, 
It's freaky. I don't like it. Are it's, we are we assuming that this is like an opioid painkiller thing that he's putting in her drink? Like what was the what was the expected outcome if she did drink yeah, that? Yeah, I wine? really don't know. If that's not like Oxycontin, I don't know what's happening to her. Yeah, like if it's just I a mean, bunch of Advil, like what? It's yeah. it's another it's another thing from the book, right? In that clear he doesn't know what it is. Clearly it isn't an over-the-counter painkiller and he knows it makes him feel woozy when he uh, takes it. It's probably mm-hmm. oxy, dude. They didn't they didn't it's establish some cat. That. It's no, it's, it's probably cat. ketamine. <laughs> She's yes, it's yeah, I'm sure case. I'm sure it's ketamine. <laughs> he's he's going to knock her out. It's horse tranquilizer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, it isn't that scary when you're watching it, right? It's more scary conceptually, just the idea of this guy being this trapped, and that works well. But it doesn't always come through, and the fact that it can't like always come through on screen like that is a weakening point for the scare factor of the movie. But it is still scary. I'm giving it a five, Jake. Fair enough. Give it a four. Pretty much okay. the same reasons. Uh, she is an unhinged character, and it relies on that and her entrapment of James Caan's character. That works, but it kind of, like, it's when you know what's happening, it's hard for it to really ratchet it up all that more. And I actually would have given this a lower score if it weren't for the hobbling scene. God, that yep. I mean, it's it's a tense movie, and I get that, and I appreciate what it does, but it's not out and out scary to me outside of being like this is a crazy person with the exception of when she goes off the rails a couple times most primarily with the uh hobbling let me ask you this jake would you have given it a higher score if you had bought into if you didn't know that she wasn't trying to help him like or if you thought she was actually trying to help him like if you were unaware if i thought this was her method of help no no no. but i mean before the trans i think she was trying to help before the clear break right before the clear she might just be a genuine person who picked him up on the side of the road and tried to help him like if you didn't know that was coming well i mean if i have to take myself back to trying to be a first-time viewer and the first time i saw this i i i never read the book so that's what i saw okay yeah. i mean yeah it, he ends up in the arms of a crazy person that's what happens and, and i mean trapped there for a while to to put a point on that like she's trying to help him throughout the whole time yeah she thinks she's trying to help him right she's right, just right, fucking right. Bad I, shit. I, I, what i mean is as as the observer if if you were unaware that she was a like legitimate lunatic at the beginning obviously there's a turning point where that becomes clear and i think that happens relatively early it does, I, so, it does. i'd say 25 30 yeah, but it, she yeah. becomes progressively more unhinged and i think that that does help it a little bit because of the stakes kind of ratchet up more and more. Well, and let's more. put it this way. But Before I think the scene is where she says, "Like nobody knows where you are. Nobody's coming." It it happens progressively. I do appreciate it, but I can't give it a high score. Mark. Yeah, so I went a little bit higher. I feel like we needed to. I gave it a six. It's not that much higher, okay. but <clears throat> yeah, like you're saying, most of what this movie is, wait for it, is being trapped and yes, secluded at yes, elevation. Huh? Well done. And for the listener, Mark just held up all three all bottles of individually. With, yeah. with, really that's, with, that's super fun. With a complete and utter Looney Tune. And there yeah. is a ratcheting of tension that goes up, but it's not really ever scary. So why is yeah. this scarier than average? Well, gentlemen, it's because this movie has one of the most iconic horror scenes of all time, of all time. in the Hobbling scene. And, of all time. And it's not... like I, I feel like, I mean, ultimately... If you were to put this in a jar and have to put a rating on it, I'm fine with either of you guys giving this less than average. But 
watching that hobbling scene is one of the most disturbing things put on film. Yes. Right? And the lead up to it and the way the scene is constructed, the effects, everything comes together so well that I feel like this has to be better than average. So like my hand was forced, I gave it a six. No, I, I appreciate the score you gave it. I that scene is a ten. The movie itself is not. <laughs> right. I, I think not... I, all the scores are fine. I I do appreciate where you're coming from. I'm not gonna argue that at all. It's really more a movie about being uncomfortable than it is about being scared. Agreed. But yeah, I mean if that gets you, then yeah, it's gonna get you. Well, and that's an important part of the horror genre too, is just the philosophy of being uncomfortable. I mean that that totally. is very like a lot of movies rely on that. That's what slow. So I guess are, I mostly. guess my only my my only counter argument there as to why someone could give it lower is her shtick, when you understand that she's crazy, you know that she's going to do crazy person things. So her shtick kind of feels inevitable and it it's it's not predictable but you you understand all of the beats that she hits. Sure. Sure, sure. So sure. that to me is not befitting of a much higher score except for the hobbling scene. Totally agree with everything you said there. And you know what? That's why that's exactly why Kathy Bates's performance is as good as it is. Is because it is <sighs> It's not hackneyed. It's not. It's not predictable. But like, I feel like the script, if you hand that to an average actor, comes out as incredibly overwrought and silly and on the nose. But the way she plays it is unpredictable and manic and interesting. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's gonna take us into effects or judicious lack thereof. Our penultimate category. I'm gonna give it a six. This is largely in the judicious lack thereof. There is a very bad scene towards the end. (laughs) But for the most part, they do a good job of knowing we can't do this. And when they do something, showing the legs, they do it very well. Uh, The ankle scene is also a big win. So this is above average. It's nothing special. Jake? Uh, I'm having a tough time with this one. I'm going to go six and a half. I want I I kind of want to give it a little higher, but it is primarily a judicious lack thereof. The primary thing that I'm gonna comment on that you didn't really mention there, Jack, but we did talk about it is I don't know if this fits into costuming, but makeup effects here it, they are tremendous. We talked about this, and Mark's point to that being his legs being the primary indicator of passage of time is a really good touch, and it looks really good too. Yeah. There's obviously the regrettable scene of Kathy Bates' character near the end. That's not great. Why did they need the mannequin? There's so many other ways to shoot that scene. I don't know. I don't know. Outside of that, I think that this is your pretty much, you know, by the letter, judicious lack thereof movie, which it relies more on the effects that it doesn't, well, not doing effects than doing anything that would be really weird to use some sort of effect on so i'm just gonna go ahead and give it a slightly higher than average score primarily for the reason i just said makeup mark music was a little weird too i'm glad you mentioned that i gave it i you wanted to go higher i did go a little higher i gave it a seven and a half um you so the things that this movie does wrong like you said that one scene where she bumps her noggin on the on the typewriter uh, where she's actually just a mannequin, and <laughs> she bumps her noggin, and the she bumps her noggin, <laughs> and the strings are hard to deal with. But outside of that, 
what you guys have said is 100% true. It's a judicious like the Rove movie. The effects they do do look good for the most Man. part. And the one thing we haven't really touched on is set design. Uh, this might go more into world building than this, but yeah. I feel like the set of the house itself is very well realized. They're, they pay a lot of attention to like what things need to be in order for her to not realize that James Caan has been out and about and he lockpicked the room and now he's doing things and he's causing mischief. You know, just the the self-contained world of the mattress where he's hiding shit inside of the, the you know, the cut edge and all this thing where he's stashing his pain pills to hide in her drink the upstairs bedroom where she watches the various game shows or whatever i the the set design is what is kind of the unsung hero of this movie because it sets the stage for just like the bubble that they're in the bubble that they're stashed in right guys (laughs) yeah buddy um so perfectly and that's that's one thing we haven't really talked about. I mean, basically, this movie hinges on a, a penguin figurine, Chachki, being fa- facing northward instead of southward. Totally, absolutely. And I mean <laughs> that that that's a little bit of story, but that boils down to effects, right? Like you have to realize that with your props. Sure. Yeah. Overall, this is our last category. We'll wow. Just it there. Yeah, uh, it's a good transition. Sure it was. I'm going to give it a six for overall. Okay. This is a movie that you should watch. It's worth watching. It, I, I think it's it's required viewing for the horror fan, but it's not one I love. It's not one I, I'm I'm burning. I have a burning desire to see again. I also I'm think burning, it loses I'm a decent burning, amount of repeated I'm viewings. Burning for you. But it's uh, an inarguable classic, and uh, I, I think you, you got to watch it. I don't, I don't know you need to watch it twice, but you got to watch it once. So I'm giving it a six. Yeah, yeah, you Fair. do have to watch it once. Uh, inarguable classic, iconic scene, one of the most iconic horror scenes of all time. Really good performances from the characters. You have to see the movie. And then I think the other thing that I'll say is that this is there aren't a ton of movies <clears throat> that rely on such minimalistic ratcheting of tension as this. So it's a really good kind of master class in how to do that. I don't think that this is a movie that i would return to super often and i can't quite pinpoint why maybe it's maybe it's it's a hard movie it's a hard movie to review maybe it's the discomfort i don't think so because that would be we see enough horror movies and that would be a feather in the cap i i honestly think it's just because there's so much more going on in a lot that this the simplicity almost hurts it from like a repeated viewing standpoint but the gut punch that it gives you in watching it is a worthwhile one so I am going higher than you, Jack. I'm going with a seven. Okay. I almost want to go higher. Yeah, I'm not going but to. But I don't like it. That it's much. a firm recommend. <laughs> yep. But it's one that I don't see watching all that frequently. I don't plan on watching it again. Yeah. Mark. Um. So I would first like to reflect that in our award-winning category of what subgenre does this movie belong to, we did not identify this movie as a classic. When we probably should. Oh have. shit. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's a classic. That up. 100% it's a perfect is a classic. Yeah. Um, secondarily, I gave this an eight. Um, I yeah. did go higher. Maybe this is, this actually might be an interesting like study of how this movie ages as you see it. Like I said, I had not seen this before, and it I knew what the movie was. I knew what I was in for. I knew the plot points, what was going to happen. But 
the performances jump off screen for me and make this incredibly fun to watch. But you guys had seen this a bunch of times before, and you like it less and less. So we've seen it once each, maybe. Well, okay, fine. I had seen it no times <laughs> each. So maybe maybe it doesn't age well. I'll report back in in a few years when I watch this again. You're probably right. This isn't something you need to watch yearly, but you probably want to throw it on uh, every once in a while, every couple years, just to kind of catch maybe. back up and see. It's something, I mean, it's it's important to note that this is one of the, like, what, four horror movies ever that have won Academy Awards? Yeah, yeah no, it's important. Absolutely. And that's why it's recommendable. You call well, this... Well, I mean, it's enjoyable to watch, but it's not It's not going to blow your mind. Fair, 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 fair. You call this required reading for the genre, and I think that's fine to put it that way. But it's also important to recognize every once in a while in your English class, you actually ended up reading a book that was good. <laughs> it was required reading, but it also was really fun to read, right? Like, I enjoyed sure. Heart of Darkness, right? Totally. This movie might just be Heart of Darkness. I don't need to read it all that often, <laughs> but I very much enjoy it when I read it. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Uh, which Well, that, mean, that means that Jack gave it the lowest score. Mark gave it the highest score. Eight and a six, right? Yes. I think so we have an exercise to do, gentlemen. Uh, Mark, you gave this a high score. I'm going to let you go first. Why should you watch this with your buddies and drink some beers in the process? Wow. Um, frankly, <laughs> if, if I look, 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 if I'm being honest, this is a hard one to watch in a party atmosphere. If you, if your buddies are into yeah. film as a thing, then I think this is going to play a lot better. Kathy Bates's performance is a masterclass. James Kahn's performance is an under-recognized thing because he plays off of Kathy so Bates. He just different. lays back. He, yeah. he's, he's strong enough of an actor to say, you know what, you can own this entire movie, and I'll just mm -hmm. also be here. Um, and as a result, what you see on screen is literally award-winning. And it's, like you said, required reading. You have the hipster angle to play of, like, you watched Misery over the weekend. But as far <laughs> Is that a hipster angle? <laughs> I don't think it is. I, you know, I think, I think there's Hipster's a, there's favorite a, movie, Misery. <laughs> no, there's a card you can play where you're like, oh, I, I watched some Academy Award winning films over the weekend. Right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's what I'm going for. The importance of this movie is the, is the selling point of it. Yes, agree. And that is why you should watch it with get drunk and watch it with your buddies. Okay, Jack, <laughs> uh, let's see the counter argument. For a lot of the reasons Mark said, uh, yeah. this yeah. movie's biggest strengths are weakened when you watch it with other people, especially in a party atmosphere. This is a performance you want to you you want. This is a movie where you want to dive into Kathy Bates' performance. You want to absorb it. You want to be a part of it. You don't want to look up at the screen half the time and see a. a what should be a moment of tension between Kathy Bates and uh, James Caan and yep. instead just see nothing happening and be bored as all fucking shit. Yep. It's not a movie to watch with your buddies. It's a movie to tell your buddies to watch if they haven't seen it. Uh, Don't watch it with them. Okay. You're going to have to give me a second. I'm getting the print out. It happens pretty quickly, but it takes a while to print. It's, it's a dot yeah. matrix printer. Yeah. It has those yeah. edges on it. So... Our robot Ernie is a little slow on the print process. It's got a calendar uh, for a head. I'm getting it. Our so, calendar uh, budget is through the roof. Ernie <laughs> says that uh, this is an interesting turn of events here, actually. So Kathy Bates actually won. That's oh, true. Oh, shit. I, I mean. I agree look, with I that. can't argue with the guy. Yeah. Look, he's, 
He knows what he's hey, doing. I think Ernie he's, knows what I think, he's doing. I think Ernie's a little too sentient at this point. He's just fucking with us. I don't I'm appreciate it. I'm getting frightened. It. We're going to have to turn him down a little bit. Yeah. He's, again, smoking and dancing. So I think that that's as good a time <laughs> as any to get the fuck out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. Episode 95 of A to Z Horrorcast just happened. To check out everything we, we have going on, not you, uh, head on over to A to Z Horror.com. <laughs> if you want to see a video camera of yourself, then just, just uh, I don't know. I don't even know what you would do. Or come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. That is Facebook. That is Twitter. Those links are down there in the description below. If you really want to help us out, grab the phone that I'm sure you're listening to this on. Open it up. Give the podcast a like, a rating, a review, whatever you want to do. Or just go ahead and pass it along to somebody who likes horror. That increases viewership. That makes us happy. And that'll make you feel good. So do that. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. That link's going to be down there in the description below as well. And next week, we're turning to a real summer blockbuster, I think. From the <laughs> 80s. It's the blob. Fuck, the not Stephen yes. King version, the 80s version. Yes. Lots of gooey shit. And the not X-Men version. Summer. That's coming at you next week, so until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. I stew, uh, I dill stew, dill stew fell in love. <laughs> Holy shit.